everybody, and welcome to another episode of All the WrestleManias. I'm your co-host, Tim Hackman. And I'm Rich Sigwald. And you guys are in for a treat. It is our 2022 year in review. right it's our first ever year in review episode this is not a clip show our goal is just to run down some of our our year of watching and just absolutely obscene amounts of wrestling and podcasting about wrestling and just talk through some of our favorites not so favorites relive the glory some best and worst moments matches performers etc etc so we thought it might just be kind of fun to to revisit and we're not going to make rich uh, you know recut from all these old shows to find clips of us talking about this stuff. So we're just going to just talk about it all anew, but in new and exciting ways. Yeah, I'd rather murder myself than having to go back and listen to everything we've done. <laughs> Come on, man. We're the best show out there. We're... We we might be the best show out there, but that doesn't mean I want to listen to myself. That's true. Bullshit about wrestling th- that much. <laughs> That's true. Speaking of us bullshitting about wrestling, we hope you enjoyed our most recent episodes on the Wrestle War 91 show. That was a great show. Had an absolutely stellar and bloody uh, War Games match. We also hope you enjoyed the 1997 Survivor Series, a.k.a. the one with the Montreal Screwjob. Those were a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to record for you, so we hope you like listening to them. As always, if you want to send us your questions, your comments, your observations, your disagreements, whatever, uh, you can find us on Twitter at WrestleManiaPod. You can shoot us an email at all the WrestleManias at gmail.com. Obviously, find us on all the social medias, uh, Facebook and Instagram. I think we got a do we have a TikTok now? Is that am I remember that correctly? Uh, we do have a ticker talk, but I don't know what I'm doing with it. I've only posted on it <laughs> once, I think. So we need a um a 13 year old kid to help us uh, get our <laughs> really TikTok do. channel off the ground. <laughs> we really do. We need uh, if you are teenager and you know how to do the social medias that'd be great yeah please help us we're old <laughs> we're old and uh, we can't pay you but um you'll get you'll get amazing exposure we'll mention your name on this podcast it's listened to by literally tens of people it's worldwide we had some downloads from vietnam today so that's awesome shout out know. to our new friends in vietnam yeah hope you guys are or doing all right over there whoever's running their vpn through vietnam thank you for downloading <laughs> So I also wanted to mention that we had a great time recording with uh, Jeff and Andy of the Turtle Wars podcast. Uh, They're a lot of fun and they talk about pop culture, nerd stuff, and whatever else crosses their minds. You can find them online at TurtleWars.net or on Twitter at uh, at war underscore turtle or wherever you find your favorite podcast. They also do theirs on YouTube. So you can find our episode that drops the same day as this episode. Hopefully that is Friday, December 23rd of all goes according to plan and Santa um, keeps us on the right list. Um, so, and if you want to find it on the YouTube, you can actually see what we look like when we're podcasting. It's a experience you won't soon forget. No, they're, they were a lot of fun to work with and to talk with. And uh, yeah, we, we overloaded them. Like they learned not to ask two wrestling nerds about wrestling. <laughs> I think we maybe scared them a little bit. <laughs> I think so. Cause I, I, I mean, I haven't heard anything from them. Have you heard anything from them no. since? No? no. Okay. So when they're like, we're hoping that this will go about 30 minutes 
an hour and a half later, they're like, all right, well. <laughs> Jeff literally had to cut us off, say, hey, my laptop is almost out of juice, which I think was a lie. I could clearly, I see, I could yeah. clearly see the cord, you know, it was just. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was a good excuse. It was just like, uh, I got to go wash my cat. I got to, <laughs> you know, I got to feed the pig and, uh, and uh, get some water from the well. My laptop's dying. And um, he's frantically texting his wife to yeah. uh, come knock on the door and interrupt him. Please get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was fun, though. I had a good time. Actually, yeah. uh, Jeff's boss the next day, I ran into him at, at work and he's like, uh, hey, I heard the podcast was a good time. I'm like, yeah, so. I think I'm guessing Jeff caught off sick that day and just told him that uh, we blew up his brain with it, wrestling knowledge and he couldn't come to work. He sat at home just watching clips of Doink the Clown and <laughs> Razor Ramon and Bret Hart all day. Man, I hope that happened. So anyway, so give the guys at Turtle Wars podcast uh, a listen uh, and we'll try to get them over here on the show. Maybe force them to watch some wrestling before they come over. Yeah. And, uh, and, I would and, love to have them watch WrestleMania three with us. That's, oh man. I think I think that's that's going to be the one. That would be great. I'd be yeah. all into that. So thanks, guys. Uh, we we hope you uh, hope you enjoy their episode if you check it out. So all right, are we ready to talk the year in review? I didn't. Did you bring any like uh, those little honker things or the uh, party hats, like the the New Year's uh, glasses or anything? No, and uh, I could try to sing "Auld Lang Syne" for you, but I don't think that's going to go well. So okay, that's all right. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's all right. You can sing it in like a super thick Scottish accent in honor of Robert Burns. I got something that might be fun on my phone here. Uh oh. Yeah. You can hear all the WrestleManias 22 year in review. All right. So we had a hell of a year, you guys. This was a lot. We had a lot of fun, obviously. We like goofing off on the microphone. Just, uh, uh, I mean, mostly for our own sake, but, you know, we'll put it out there. Um, we we recorded 36 regular episodes. That's not counting like the little teasers and trailers and uh, some of the little brief ad spots that we did, but 36 full episodes and they run easily an hour each, so that's a that's a good amount of airtime. Yeah, and a lot of voice time, a lot of editing time. Uh, but you know, I've learned a lot. I learned a lot about how to do the editing, the splicing, and, and clipping. And I learned about Tim's stutter, and I learned about my ums, and how I like to start with "It's really interesting," or and so, uh, and so the um yeah that so it's it's eye-opening to listen to your voice that much and to listen to your friend's voice that much. Well, we appreciate you doing all the editing for us. So uh, we watched 13 WrestleManias this year, if you can believe it. Uh, we watched, we started with number 17 when we kind of switched over from the blog to the podcast. The last uh, one in continuity was number 25. And then on top of that, we went back and revisited WrestleManias one, seven and eight. Uh, and WrestleMania 38 happened this year. So we watched all two nights of that, unfortunately. And we did oh. both preview and recap episodes for that. So that, I know, is that double duty? Does that count twice? I'm not sure. Yeah, I um, mean, I, I, it should because I humiliated myself and got every single prediction wrong, I think. So that was top notch. Yeah. Well, who says WWE is boring and unpredictable, and right? Right, right. Um, it's It's mixing up now, you know, and that's why we still watch. And then we also did a uh, retrospective episode where we talked about 
WrestleManias 11 through 20. So, and then on top of that, we did 10 other WWE shows. There was a wrestling classic. There was a smack em whack em VHS tape that was suggested by a listener. The Battle Royal at Royal Albert Hall. There were two Royal Rumbles. We did 92 and 96. Uh, Monday Night Raw episodes 1 and 2. Survivor Series 97. And uh, let's see, what else? Also, two We Were There episodes for WWE events, including the King of the Ring 94, where Rich was just a, a young lad, and uh, Capital Punishment 2011, where I was not a young lad and should have known better. So that's a lot of WWE wrestling. We also did a profile of Demolition. We did uh, one AEW preview episode for the All Out pay-per-view. Uh, most interesting for me, I think, were the six NWA slash WCW shows that we did. We did Starcade 85, the Chi Town Rumble 89, Wrestle War 89 and 91, Super Brawl 3, Halloween Havoc 97, um, and then an AWA show, Wrestle Rock 86. Yeah, I mean, those shows were, were fun to watch just because they're. they're... They're professional wrestling, just like WWF slash WWE at the time, but they look so different and the way everything acts is so different and like the ring logic is different and the storytelling is different. The whole approach to the concept of professional wrestling is different in those shows. So it's, it's, uh, it broadens your spectrum to watch those shows and also introduces you to a lot of talent that you might not have ever heard of or seen before or gain new appreciation for talents that you only knew one way. So I hadn't really seen a lot of Mike Rotunda except for as IRS and I liked them as IRS, but suddenly seeing him wrestle as Mike Rotunda in the varsity club and stuff like that, or like the boat captain captain, <laughs> you know, like it's eye opening. He had totally different style. He worked different. He worked faster. Like it's incredible to get that kind of exposure. And the same with the Steiner brothers, the Steiner brothers were totally different in yeah. the NWA shows than they are in their brief WWF run. So really grossly, maybe even criminally underused in WWE WWF when they came over, but just absolute units and maniacs in some of those WCW shows. The AWA show was maybe one of the most amusing ones because that's definitely the one with the lowest production values. Oh I mean, my God, yeah. Even lower than Wrestle War 91's, uh, you know, rickety cage of death. Uh, the AWA one looks like it was shot on like uh, a handheld uh, VHS video game. <laughs> the half, like the quarter filled Metrodome. That's so bad. And yeah. It's like it's in the middle of the day. <laughs> It's just like everything's weird. It's and it's like cut weird to where you think that the last match they show wasn't the actual live main event of the night, but it was, but it just doesn't seem like it is. It's that show is spectacular. And then you get upset because they end it before letting you see the Waylon Jennings concert. I know. And, what a bummer. But and, then also the things are already like three and a half hours long. And then you yeah. sit through a Waylon Jennings concert, like, that's a, that's a commitment to a day right there. Also, Larry Zabisco has a ninja. Just never forget. Um, <laughs> so, and then on top of all that, we did four uh, episodes that we call popcorn matches. So those are just little asides kind of about things that we're interested in. Uh, you know, I went through a, a 
interstate move um, and new job. So Rich ended up doing a couple of those by himself, which I really appreciate. And we, you know, it's because we care. We try to get the content out there. So we did, uh, Rich did one on classical music and pro wrestling. We did one together on black representation. I thought that one was a really good episode. Yeah, I enjoyed Rich that a lot. did a profile of the Anoa'i family. And he did a nice tribute to uh, Scott Hall following Mr. Hall's passing. So that's the 36 episodes. And on top of all that, if that wasn't enough, uh, well, Rich watched like 400 episodes of Monday Night Raw. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, any any other lessons learned after uh, Raw 1 and 2? Well, it's interesting to watch Ric Flair come and go. Hmm. Like Ric Flair is gone episode 3 of Raw. That's when he departs. Uh, So that was uh, kind of a weird, like jarring kind of thing. And you could tell that he didn't really seem to be fitting in the puzzle pieces anymore at, at what they were going with, with Monday Night Raw, at least. And then uh, the rise of Doink the Clown and the shenanigans of Doink the Clown on Monday Night Raw. Mo- Monday Night Raw was made for Doink the Clown and for Razor Ramon. They're there every week, pretty much, and they've got compelling storylines happening on the air. Uh, I am right now I'm up to like, uh, July. I'm up to the episode right before the, um, body slam challenge on the USS intrepid where, uh, Lex shows up to, to slam Yokozuna. It's still weird to hear. Uh, there's a couple episodes where gorilla monsoon does the play by play of Monday night raw. And it's just like, what are you doing here? You're not the voice of raw. Uh, and you get very tired of Vince McMahon. You realize how bad of a commentator Vince McMahon is because all he says, what a maneuver. One, two, three. He got him. No. That's <laughs> that's this on loop constantly while Macho Man is just being a consummate professional and nice guy. Um, and the show gets a lot better when Rob Bartlett's gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, maybe we can uh, come back and do some more Raw episodes. That was fun when we did episode one and two. Uh, Maybe we can pick like a key moment in time um, and do like two episodes around that or something like that. That might be fun to do. Yeah. Um, Okay, so then we also saw a bunch of live wrestling this year. Um, Just again, in the interest of, uh, you know, our craft, uh, our devotion to this this endeavor um we went to two uh baltimore celeb fests rich went to two i went to one and uh, we met some of our favorites including uh bret hart for which i'll be eternally jealous uh sting i met greg the hammer valentine uh haku dan Housen, dante martin demolition rikishi um uh, probably a bunch of others i'm not uh hobbs powerhouse hobbs yeah um met the lucha brothers the penta and uh Phoenix, lots of cool folks. Um, yeah, and uh, I rejected Jeff Jarrett, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> you, Jeff Jarrett, and uh, you met the guy that plays the Iron Sheik on oh, yeah. the Iron Rock. It's great. Yeah, yeah, that dude was super nice. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, yeah. That those events are a lot of fun. Um, oh, I met the yeah. Ass Boys too. Oh yeah, you met the Ass Boys. Yeah, <laughs> I've been. I'm thinking about going to to six, but it's a long drive from here. And also the only real person that's pulling me there is that Magnum TA is going to be there. Oh man. Yeah. I kind of want, I don't know if that'd be sad or not. Like, yeah, the greatest that could have been. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, so 
Okay. We also saw four AEW Dynamite shows. Rich and I saw one together in D.C. at the uh, sports complex uh, down in Southeast where the um, where the Washington Mystics play. Um, we saw one together at UMBC in Baltimore. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, I saw one here in Norfolk, and Rich saw one maybe a week or so after that back up in Baltimore at UMBC. So those are always those are always fun shows, and we think we talked about a couple of those on the program, like immediately uh, yeah. after we had been because uh, again dynamite's a whole different creature live than it is uh on tv for some reason there's there's this a lot more energy to it and i love i just love going to their shows and to the ring of honor shows they were they were always a blast i don't know why I don't know if it's just the stripped down production and the simplicity of it. And like, there's constant action happening mm-hmm. live. So it's, they're a lot of fun and a good, good bargain for your money too, when it comes to wrestling, as opposed oh to like, uh, so this year you went to a Monday night raw and a dynamite. Which one did you enjoy more? They, yeah, they're very different. Um, one, one thing I will give AEW credit for, for the live audience is that, they keep the show moving and there's always something going on even when they're on commercial break. Whereas raw, when you see it live, there is so much standing around, uh, which I, I sort of expected. Cause you know, if you watch raw on TV, you're like, that guy must've been standing in the ring for like 15 fucking minutes. And then, you know, when they come back from commercial break and they go to a promo and then they go to another promo and then they come back and the guy's still standing there. And I always wonder like, what the hell is the crowd doing during that time? Well, I'll tell you what the crowd's doing is they're sitting there staring at these guys in the ring and the lights are out in the ring and you're supposed to be watching the video, but there's like, just there's people down there and they're just hanging out in the ring for like, seriously, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, it sounds like that conundrum of like when you have lawn seats at a concert, do you watch the big screen or do you squint and stare down at the stage to watch the performer like <laughs> live? Like, what do you do? Which, yeah. which, like, you've put a wrestler in the ring in front of me, but I'm not supposed to watch him. Right. There's just all this other stuff going on. Um, I will say some of the the actual wrestling on that Monday Night Raw was was phenomenal, including uh, really the Street Profits came back and had a really good match with um, Chad Gable and Otis. Uh, That was probably one of the better ones I've seen. Um, And Becky Lynch came out early in the show and uh, did some interaction with the fans. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, she went out in the crowd and um, you, if you, you may have seen it on TV, I don't know. She went out in the crowd and uh, you know, asked this guy's name and he says, Bobby. And then the whole crowd starts chanting for Bobby. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it, was really it was really, she was like getting into it. And then um, Bailey came out and they ended up actually fighting out onto the concourse. Uh, and I was, I was talking to somebody who said he was there and he was a little late getting in and he actually couldn't get to his seat because they had it blocked off for the girls to come out and fight on the concourse course and oh man wreck the merch stand and stuff That's did cool. anyone bounce their head off the concrete floor and <laughs> not like that I saw. Come cross-eyed <laughs> not that i saw and so no one uh, climbed the giant scissor lift and then tried to do a crazy suplex off of it or anything yeah, that's a, they they do take better care of their people than the AEW yeah. does. Um, it's a much more professional feeling show. Obviously, AEW still feels a little bit like kind of the bargain basement. Um, so, but I, I mean, I enjoyed both of them for different reasons. Money, going to Monday Night Raw is a much bigger production. You know, like I don't know, there's just more people. It's a bigger venue. There's just more rules and all that nonsense, and it's just a whole thing. Whereas AEW was. I don't know, it was a smaller place, a little more casual. It was right next to the college campus where I work. Yeah. 
And then I also saw one local uh, show, which I, I like to do. Uh, it was a Virginia championship wrestling show um, called Liberty Lottery. It was in July. Uh, and uh, the only sort of famous person on the card was, um, what's his face? Junior Pillman. Brian, Brian Pillman, Pillman Jr. Yeah. Um, which I will I'll mention during one of our uh, our lists a little bit later. Is that any other notable uh, wrestling content? We, I mean, we also watched a good bit of like wrestling related shows, interviews, um, YouTube videos. Oh my God. Memes. um, Constant the memes and the whole, the whole uh, uh, fake story of Hulk Hogan masturbating on a bus and all the memes that still continue to come out about Hulk Hogan cranking his hog <laughs> on a bus. <laughs> it's my favorite fake news story of the year. Um, it's it's so niche and probably no one that listens knows what the hell I'm talking about. But there's this meme group, uh, like uh, useless wrestling memes or something like that on Facebook that someone on there said that Hulk Hogan was caught on a bus touching himself and uh, the memes have run away from that. Yeah, um, it's the uh, storming area fifty one of twenty twenty two. Yeah, the late twenty twenty two. Just for uh, from our legal department, we should note that there's no evidence that Hulk Hogan was caught cranking his hog on a bus, city, <laughs> city, or otherwise. This is a rumor that was started on the internet, in which some undesirable people have used to create memes about Hulk Hogan cranking his hog on a city bus. That are hilarious. They're amazing memes. <laughs> so just maybe Google Hulk Hogan masturbate bus. Don't you'll do find, it. You'll find some memes. Don't or, do uh, it. Send us a send us an email. We'll we'll just we'll package them up in a zip file and send them to you. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot of uh, like superlatives here. A lot of lists. Usually we. Usually we do like sort of a rundown of events and we talk about the different matches and what we liked and didn't like. And then at the end we wrap and say, okay, best match, worst match, oh shit moment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But this show, you guys like that part so much where this show is all lists. Um, So it's, we're, we're creating listicles. Is that, is that still a thing? This is the listicle episode. (laughs) You won't believe number 27. (laughs) The listicles hang right below your uh, your hog, just FYI. Yeah, you got your hog and your listicles. <laughs> the whole so, family. Do you want to start with uh, our favorite events that we watched this year? Yeah, we can do that. So uh, my favorite event, I think, by far, was Starcade 85, The Gathering. That was a really solid one. What did you What did you like about that one? You know, it had... Um, I mean, it has uh, the Magnum TA versus Tully Blanchard match. It has Dusty Rhodes beating Ric Flair. It had um, like uh, the uh, Crusher Khrushchev. We love him. And the 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 bloody match between uh, Manny Fernandez and Abdullah the Butcher. Oh my God, you know, <laughs> where like they ring the bell and Abdullah immediately pulls out the fork. Like, because it's a no holds barred match. So he's. He's going to give it to him. He's going to rough him up real fast, real quick. I just, this event, for some reason, I just loved it so much. Yeah. It, it, uh, lives inside your brain rent free. I would say, right. Like it's just, I was sitting around and just suddenly think about Tully and Magnum in that cage. Yeah. <laughs> or something like gashing um, his head open with the, <laughs> with the wood chair splinters. 
Man, that, yeah, that was a really good one. I think if I had to pick uh, an absolute favorite, it would probably be the Chi-Town Rumble 89. Mm. Um, I think, first of all, it's maybe one of the first like NWA shows I've ever sat down and watched. And so that that part was was very notable for me. Um, has some absolutely amazing talent. There's Sting is there. Hacksaw Butch Reed is there. The Midnight Express and the... Uh, original Midnight Express are fighting in a very convoluted thing. Uh, in terms of uh, sort of standout matches, though, there's Mike Rotunda versus Rick Steiner, which is, man, is an all-timer. It's a, if it's not a shoot, yeah. it's, it's the next best thing. Um, Lex Luger versus Barry Windham. Um, the Road Warriors versus uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Kevin Sullivan. It's just just beating every loving fuck out of each other. And then of course the, the coup de gras, the uh, Ric Flair versus Ricky, the dragon steamboat. Um, just again, it's just an absolute all timer. So that's a, that has a, that card has a few duds in there in between, but like overall, I don't think you could really beat it. No, that show is, is also top notch. It, it was very close between the Stark 85 and that one for me. But I think because, the I felt that there were no duds on the Starcade uh, 85, except for maybe the Khrushchev Sam Houston match, but that was only because it went too long as opposed to um, being bad. So I think that's that's why my loyalty went to that one. Yeah, that's fair. Um, did you pick a runner up? I don't know. I. Yeah, the runner-up was going to be the Chi-Town Rumble for me. It, okay. All those beat all the WrestleManias that we watched, in my opinion, too. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Um, and you may even have to go down to like four or five on the card to get a WrestleMania into the mix. Um, the one that, for me, would probably come closest uh, was WrestleMania 8. But that's yeah. mainly on the strength of two matches. That's the one that has uh, Bret Hart versus uh, Roddy Piper. And also has the one, the Ric Flair versus Randy Macho Man Savage match. That's just an absolute um, piece of brilliance. <laughs> so yeah, that I actually I if we were going to talk about our favorite WrestleManias that we watch in this run so far, it's probably going to be WrestleMania Eight because of that. Those two matches, those two matches drag it up. But I mean, Undertaker versus Jake Roberts on that card was pretty good too. Uh, Tatanka versus Rick Martel was all right. Uh, Owen made real quick work of uh, Skinner, um, you know, and we have Hulk Hogan being a dick, uh, which is a typical <laughs> WrestleMania. So, yeah, it's funny. All right. So what about the uh, worst events of the that we watched this year? Uh, Capital Punishment 2011. <laughs> yeah, I don't even need to hesitate. I didn't even need to click back to my notes. I boy. Ooh. Yeah. And so liked- it, was a, it was a tie um, for me. It was a tie between Capital Punishment 2011 and the VCW Liter- Liberty Lottery where I caught COVID. Oh, <laughs> the poor indie guys. You're picking on them. Yeah, it's not their fault I caught COVID. I didn't wear, I didn't wear a mask, which I knew at the time was fucking stupid. Um, but well, no one else there is wearing a mask. What's the point? No, right. It doesn't Agreed. help. So. <laughs> Capital Punishment was terrible. Capital I'm sorry. Capital Punishment was was a bomb. I mean, the only match on it that I liked was CM Punk versus Rey Mysterio. And I guess the Ezekiel Jackson versus Wade Barrett was decent. But then everything else on that card, junk, 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 junk. (laughs) 
Did you pick a a worst WrestleMania? Uh, the boy, that's a tough one. I'll tell you mine while I'm while I'm thinking about it, or while yeah. you're thinking about it. Mine was 23. Uh, it's got a boring Cena versus Triple H main event. It's got the Playboy pillow fight. It's got Booker T versus the Boogeyman. There's a triple threat match, and there's uh, Shawn Michaels versus the various McMahons, all of which just just adds up to a giant steaming turd. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, that the only saving grace of that show was Chris Benoit versus MVP. Oh right, yeah, that was a good one. And I mean, Lashley versus Umaga was good, but I didn't like why they were fighting. <laughs> yeah, you know. So yeah, the rest of this is 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 uh, you can take it. I don't want. <laughs> and then like they have the nerve to put Ric Flair in a tag match with Carlito as a dark match. Yeah. Get out of here. I, th- I picked uh, WrestleMania 17 as my most overrated. Uh, that's the one that has the least interesting Rock versus Stone Cold match. It's yeah. also got a Triple H main event, which. Um, yeah, yeah, I just don't get it with him. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also put down. So I, I had a much easier time coming up with bad events than good events. I also put down WrestleMania 38 Backlash, which is one of the interminable pay per views that happened this year. It was basically WrestleMania Night Three. Oh right, um, right. They basically remember. just redid WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, but no, not enough people remember that to even talk about it. So no, we'll keep moving. Uh, let's see. We're going to talk uh, best matches. Yeah, I I've separated mine out between favorite non WrestleMania matches and favorite WrestleMania matches. Okay. And I tried to keep mine short, but I ended up, there's like 20 matches on this list. I actually, <laughs> I was, I'm terrible at this. I actually ended up separating out Ric Flair matches, Bret Hart matches, world, yeah. and Kurt Angle matches. Uh, and then <laughs> Eddie Guerrero matches, which actually turned out to be Eddie All Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio from 97, and then Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero from WrestleMania 21. <laughs> I didn't do such a good job. Um, all right, yeah. Let, well, let's uh, let's do WrestleMania matches. Uh, right. I mean, that's in our we, title, right? Yeah. Maybe we can alternate and no, no particular order. All right. So, in no particular order. The first one I got here, favorite WrestleMania matches, is from WrestleMania 24, and that is Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. Oh yeah. The storytelling in that match is incredible. It's. It's one of those matches, if you're not going to go back and watch WrestleMania 3 for the storytelling between Andre and Hogan, you watch WrestleMania 24 if they want to watch something newer to see Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair and the the quote-unquote retirement and, you know, of Ric Flair match. That beautiful, wonderful match. Yeah, that was a beautiful match. Um, you know, I usually think about wrestling matches that could bring a tear to your eye, but that one's, that one's in the in the running for sure. When Sean mouths, I'm sorry to Ric Flair right before kicking him right in the throat. Mm. <laughs> Says, I'm sorry. I love you. Yeah. Bang. Harsh. Uh, all right. Well, sticking with uh, WrestleMania's and Ric Flair, I'm going to say Ric Flair versus Randy Savage from WrestleMania 8, mm. which we've talked about at length multiple times. Both of those guys at different points in the match just go flying over the top ropes. <laughs> and we're pretty sure they're going to die. Um, they don't. Amazing match. Amazing. Yeah. Just, yeah. And you have the spectacle between Elizabeth and Sensational Sherry and stuff like that happening on the outside of the ring too, right? With that. Like, 
It's just there's chaos wherever Macho Man goes. <laughs> and that is that is the beauty of Macho Man. That no matter what he's doing, where he's at, who he's fighting, insanity ensues. And when you add Ric Flair to that formula, woo boy, you get you get you get two guys that just know how to work the crowd and work the situation without overblowing it and it's incredible yep and they work with each other which is which is the whole freaking point yeah so the next one i had on my list i'm mm-hmm. just gonna get it out of the way Shawn michaels versus undertaker mm. as we're sitting here with with the resurgence of Shawn michaels late career Shawn michaels is the best Shawn michaels unless you go back and watch Shawn michaels in the awa as a solo performer where he's a mat technician. It's crazy to watch. Uh, but this, again, the storytelling that Sean and the undertaker pull off in this match of good versus evil. And it's one of the few times where you're watching an undertaker WrestleMania match and you're going, this could legitimately end the streak. You know, yeah. you don't have that feeling when you watch undertaker versus giant Gonzalez or <laughs> undertaker versus Batista. You don't have it. You like, okay, undertaker is going to chew him up, spit him out, roll right on through. So, uh, Shawn Michaels made you believe that this was it for the undertaker. Yeah. There's some legit drama in that match. Just, and also just over the top theatrics that I, I just really liked. Um, yeah. I hadn't thought of that one. That's a good one. That didn't make my list. Well, I guess I got 22 on my list. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. All right, cool. Well, I'll pick another Shawn Michaels one. Um, the one with, uh, Kurt angle from WrestleMania 21, mm-hmm. um, which there's every, Every damn WrestleMania he's in, um, Kurt Angle stole a show. Um, he's he's just one of those guys. But uh, that match in particular was um, was super dramatic because it's sort of the the you know the the sports entertainer, the Mister WrestleMania thing for Michaels versus obviously the the shooter for for Kurt. Um, and there's just man, that was a good match. <laughs> you know, we always have this, we were both always drawn to the shooters, the guys that can do it for real and make it look real. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the best that there is out there. So that like, you're really like, wow, this is a real sporting event. These guys are really going at each other and that match, you know, they're selling up also that Shawn Michaels has never tapped out and can Kurt angle, make them tap out. And Shawn Michaels, he spends forever in that ankle lock. Like, <laughs> He's going to cripple him. He's going to break it. He's just going to rip his leg off at this point. And that match is that match is definitely worthy of being on the list as well. Yeah, that's a great one. I'm going to stick with the Kurt Angle here. Okay. And let, me, let me guess. Um, is it Benoit? Yes. Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit, WrestleMania 17. Yeah. Those guys, boy, <laughs> they go at it. And what I loved about that match is that they would go technical and then when they would match each other, they would just start punching and chopping each other. And then they'd go back to the technical, get frustrated and go back to fighting with each other again, just throwing blows and getting dirty. And that really made such great storytelling that like Chris Benoit goes toe to toe with the Olympic champion. You know, it's mm-hmm. incredible, incredible work that they do in that match. Yeah. And I, the other thing I like is that there's sort of the, uh, the face off of submission moves, right? Cause Benoit's got his cross face and angles got the ankle lock. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, they just, there's so much back and forth in that one is, uh, I wrote down, it was 14 minutes and tech 10 seconds and pretty damn near perfection. So good one. Um, okay. So speaking of 
shoots, and this is a non-WrestleMania match, but we can jump back. Um, I'm going to just check name check that Mike Rotunda versus Rick Steiner match again. <laughs> yeah. Chi-Town Rumble 89. Uh, two legit guys, two legit shooters just in there, just having the time of their lives, um, just beating the fuck out of each other. Um, Stretching and twisting. Yeah. There's a lot of pulled ligaments happening <laughs> in that match. I'm get, I mean, so so ballpark what do you you know what's the percentages on shoot versus work for that match is it 50 50 is it like i was i was thinking like 60 40 shoot to work i was thinking probably like 80 20 shoot to work like they're shooting but they're not actually they know that they could push an extra inch in each one of those holds and like really hurt the guy but they don't want to do that kind of thing but it's a mutual respect kind of thing that's happening in that match and it's uh it's a dandy to watch um, and then also that involves uh, Kevin Sullivan threatening Scott Steiner's dog. And like, like where did that come from? Like suddenly Kevin Sullivan's on the microphone. I have your dog. Random. <laughs> okay. Don't steal his dog. Don't hurt it. Sick bastard. So I think one of the best things too, about that match is that neither of us were expecting it. Right. No, like, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. We're just watching along and Oh my God, what is happening? Yeah. So, so uh, I have, uh, I have one more WrestleMania match okay. and it. it's probably up there with the storytelling. And that's going to be Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper at WrestleMania eight. There are yeah. two faces. Piper's still working a little heelish cause that's just who he is. And uh, they're telling this great story of how, you know, Brett grew up with Roddy Piper, their cousins, basically, and their family, and they know each other. But like Roddy's doing this, like a little bit of like backhanded insults of like, he's just a kid. He doesn't know what he's doing. He can't handle me. He can't handle this business and stuff like that. And, and you get this like, it's like the one time that you ever see Bret Hart like being dwindled and pushed down by people like he's being bullied kind of by this and he needs to fight his way out of the shadow and really take the spotlight. And then you get this dramatic moment to where how much does Roddy Piper want to win to where he's standing over Bret holding the ring bell while, uh, while the ref is knocked out and he could, he could brain Bret with that bell and just finish him and get the win. But then he knows it's not, it's not the right thing to do to someone that's family ish. And so he decides not to, and he ends up losing the match. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's one of the, it's one of the all time greats. Um, if you care rest, about wrestling at all, that's just one of the ones you just got to watch. Um, I had a couple of other Bret Hart's that had his King of the Ring showing against Diesel 94, which we talked about. And I had Bret versus Sean from the Survivor Series 97 because everything up until the screw job is just one hell of a match. Uh, and it's kind of a shame that it ends the way it does because the rest of it is just so amazing. Uh, it's kind of the, it's the, what is that, the end of the trilogy between those two? Um, yeah. Any other honorable mentions? Any other on the non WrestleMania matches you wanted to mention? Uh, yeah, so I got a bunch of non-WrestleMania, uh, three more wrestle non-WrestleMania matches. So I mean, there's still there's still one WWF match on my non-WrestleMania matches, okay. and that's Ric Flair versus Tito Santana from the yes. Battle Royal at Royal Albert Hall. Uh, those guys put on a clinic, and that's another one of those matches to where if you're going to open a wrestling school, 
that's one of the matches you make them watch on the first day. Like this is, this is how you do it. You have two technicians, but they have two totally different characters. Ric Flair is kind of slick and Tito is a very, very hotheaded, very angry. He, he quickly will come to blows. You do one thing to dirty him and he gets angry and he'll start fighting dirty with you. And these two guys, they really, they really throw down and it's, it's a spectacular match. Yeah. That was a good one. I hadn't flagged that one too. That's another one that's kind of, I didn't expect, uh, we, we put on that Royal Albert Hall show, um, you know, thinking the main event is the, the Royal rumble at the end. Um, and, uh, there's, there's Tito and Ric Flair going at it midway. Um, I also had, speaking of Ric Flair, non-WrestleMania, his epic performance in the 92 Royal Rumble, mm. where he starts out like number number one, number two, number two. It's number two, yeah. And uh, just goes for like whatever it is, 50-some minutes. That's, a, that's an incredible one. That's uh, a masterpiece. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the 92 Royal Rumble match is like, a renaissance painting of professional wrestling come alive. <laughs> um, it's got everything in it. And I've actually flagged that as one of my best gimmick matches. We can talk about that later. Uh, another non WrestleMania favorite match was the Ricky steamboat versus Ric Flair at Russell war 89. Mm-hmm. I like that one over their Chi town rumble match. Cause that one features Ricky steamboat jumping from the floor to the apron and then climbing up the middle of the ropes, like a ladder without using his hands. I've never seen anybody do that since or before I, (laughs) it's blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, someone that agile to do it. And I'm talking like luchadors. I've watched a lot of lucha libre and I've never seen any of them be able to do it either. Like Ray Phoenix might be able to do something like that, but and he's he's in a straight off hustle run chasing Ric Flair, and he does that and catches Ric Flair. <laughs> I, I yeah, that spot it just mm. both mm. of those both of those matches, the Chi Town Rumble '89 and Wrestle War '89, are both just absolute classics. Yeah, and there's a third match. It's on a is it a Super Brawl? Uh, it's a class of the champions, actually. Class it's a little free champions. TV, I think. Yeah, we need to watch that one one of these days. Yeah, that's uh, the one where I think they go like a. It's like an hour long, so yeah. get the catheter. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of uh, honorable mentions. Um, beautiful Bobby Eaton versus Brad Armstrong is one that kind of caught us by surprise on Wrestle War ninety one. Um, on our most recent episodes, yeah. In terms of just spectacle and WTF. Uh, the Sting versus Vader with Harley Race, White oh, Castle, yeah. a fear strap match <laughs> from Super Brawl 3 is, uh, is just... My White Castle of Fear. Fucking bananas. That's... Where are we? <laughs> um, and I also uh, shout out to the legend of the earth, Bubba Iron Sheik, uh, for him and Nikolai Volkov versus the U.S. Express, Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. Mm-hmm. Um, taking the tag titles at WrestleMania one and just, just not even backing down from the heat, just spitting on the flag and oh god, yeah, the rain of trash and uh, just man, yeah, time legends. I had one more match to throw in there, and it's gonna come out of left field on you probably. All right, or maybe it. not. But it's Macho Man versus the Dynamite Kid from the Wrestling Classic. <laughs> yeah. Those two guys, they just go and go and go. And then suddenly there is the craziest finish of a superplex 
but he catches the leg halfway down, like in midair, keeps him in the cradle, and Macho Man pulls off the win. It's incredible. Bananas. Yeah. I, I actually went back through the wrestling classic and tried to see if there were any in there to flag. And I remember that finish, obviously, but like there's so many other matches on that card that I couldn't. Yeah, I it's couldn't, tough. <laughs> I couldn't remember. So um, is that it for me? Oh, the, and the Rock versus Hulk Hogan, I think, is maybe one of the more emotional ones. Yeah. Along with that Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. It's just one of those uh, this fabulous storytelling, big moment handled really, really well. Um, so shout out to that. Anyway. That was, let's let's uh, jump to the future the or, or, or current times, I guess. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. And so like the, our uh, best matches of this year that we watched. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's a random one for you. Um, I picked uh, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch oh, from yeah. uh, SummerSlam. Yeah. Especially impressive because Becky Lynch finishes that match with her like shoulder separated. Yeah. Kind of just hanging off to the side. Yeah. That was a good match. Yeah, I like that one. How's it going? And uh, I'll I'll catch you right on back. I have one of my favorites was Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Yeah. You know, I love that match. I, I don't like that I love it, but I do. <laughs> Logan Paul is... You know, I feel the same way as Jim Cornette. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to like him, but... The dude clearly takes it seriously. He's clearly working. He's he he understands what's going on, and he and it's it's legit for him. And that was my main concern that it wasn't that he would get in and make it a joke kind of thing. And like I was like, oh, that's the last thing they need. But the dude works. The yeah. dude comes out, and he like that first match where he's tagged with with the Miz. He he looked better than the Miz in that match, and yeah. I was like, oh. And like, I believe I even messaged you and was like, they're going to give him a title shot very soon. And I was right. I finally got one right. Um, but no, <laughs> no he's good. Uh, he's out. Yeah. I'll rep for him. And, and I, you know, I really, I don't like the internet celebrity thing. I don't, I don't think influencer is a real job. Like I, I hate that this guy's famous for whatever the fuck he does. I don't know. He makes YouTube videos or I don't know, but, um, but I'm glad that they found a talent, you know, who can actually yeah. do athletic stuff, who can talk, who can sort of be a, a heel and um, like be a real character. Uh, yeah, it's a it's been a nice surprise, honestly. So I'll pivot from there to another match that really caught us off guard. And we both watched this live and that was Dante Martin versus Ray Phoenix. Yeah. Oh on, my God. on Dynamite. And that was the best match of that night. Like it stuck in my mind so much that when we met Dante Martin, I told him I loved your match with Ray Phoenix on dynamite, like five months ago. That was incredible. Like, um, yeah, that was one of the best matches of the year for me. I think. Yeah. He's really, he's really impressive. Um, I hope to God he doesn't hurt himself. He's, he, he bounces around a lot and it, and it worries me. Yeah. Like um, his uh, brother there, that's constantly, he comes yeah. back, he gets hurt, comes back and gets hurt. Yeah. Um, I hope he can pull it together, but Dante is getting the shine because of it. So. Yeah, no, he's great. Uh, nice kid too. We, I met him at uh, one of the shows and he was, he was just so nice and just appreciative of, um, you know, I told yeah. him I, that we, I really liked the work he was doing and just, keep at it <laughs> yeah for real the fucking eye yeah well let me hop back to um wwe for just a sec i also really enjoyed 
the Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell match, mm. where Cody comes out with his one arm. pectoral yeah. muscle torn off. Yeah. Um, very uncomfortable, but very real and uh, dramatic. Cody is, you know, whatever you think about him, I, he's, I think he's a star, you know? Yeah, he's going to get there. I mean, I fe- I have a feeling that if they're they're just pivoting with Roman Reigns until Cody's healthy and Cody's going to take at least one of the belts off of him. Yeah, I would support that. All right, yeah. let's get back to AEW for a sec. Um, so I'll pick one of those. Um, I had the uh, CM Punk versus MJF dog collar match. I had that one on the list as well from Revolution. Yeah, um, that was a great bloody match. Lots of nice uh, sort of nods to kind of classic wrestling in that one. Yeah. Uh, which I appreciated. You know, CM Punk, I like a lot. Uh, I think his work is not nearly as fast or as smooth as it was, obviously, 10 years ago. But he's sort of, like, adapted his style to kind of make it work for him, you know? Yeah. Um, and I thought that match was actually a good solution to kind of his limitations and letting him compete with a much younger, much more athletic guy uh, in a way that made sense. Yeah, uh, I like CM Punk as well. And I'm still... To the point to where I think the CM Punk drama right now is a work. <laughs> How have they not just gotten rid of him? Are you kidding me? How is he still under contract with AEW if this is not a work? I don't know, man. Anyways, that's that's <laughs> we don't need to get into that. But you you have a problem employee, a so-called problem employee that just aired all your dirty laundry and talked shit about the executive vice president's in front of the press and you don't just fire him the next day, pay, pay whatever severance you have to, to get him out of the company. Or do you hold on to him for three months while he's also injured? Hmm. Hmm. Anyways, uh, cause it's, a, it's a, it's a great way to build heat. And they, they, they use the whole MJF quitting angle, you know, to establish him and put him in the championship role and he's going to have a great title run. Anyways, another match of the year uh, for me is going to be Gunther versus Ricochet from the June 10th SmackDown. Yeah. Gunther gets the recognition that he deserves with the intercontinental title. Yeah. Those guys have had a couple of really great matches, including one just uh, a couple of weeks ago. Well, maybe last week, actually. Yeah. I think it's this past week they were on SmackDown, right? And, yeah. um, yeah, Ricochet did not get the belt back. Uh, unfortunately I was rooting for him. Um, but they had a great match and that, yeah, that, that June one was really solid. Um, those, those guys are really talented. We, we liked Ricochet a lot when he was Prince Puma in yeah. uh, underground Gunther had some all timers with Ilya in NXT where he just that beat the fuck out of each other. Yeah. Oh my God. That match with Ilya Dragunov. Oh Good God. I actually wanted to put this on, put that on my list, but it happened in December of 2021. So it did not. (laughs) Yeah. I was very sad. Um, But I think my favorite match of the year though, completely is going to be them boys, the Briscoes versus FTR at the ring of honor, super card. That first match, Mm -hmm. that first match was hella awesome. (laughs) <laughs> was that the two out of three falls or is that a different that was the first one the first one was just a straight up believe okay. yeah okay yeah that was i mean all three of them were good i thought i felt like the last one the double dog collar match was a little overdone 
but yeah, I would agree that that first one was the best, like sort of pure, yeah, um, pure. You know me, I like pure. I like I like the purity. Yeah. So yeah, that match had the storytelling. It had the drama. It had surprises. It had scamming it had it had everything in it it has everything that you want out of it it has good mat work it has good aerial work it has hot tags it's mm, 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 mm. yeah 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 no that was fantastic uh all right i got one more and it was um it's not as good as that but it's from all out aw it was uh swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed uh, the first time when the acclaim did not take the title when they should have taken, the they title. should have taken the title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but just the, the way the fans were into that one and sort of pushing oh, the action yeah. and um, those guys just freaking went at it. And that was one of those that like, I was legit surprised at the ending. Um, I also really liked during the media scrum when everybody just kept asking um, Swerve and uh, Keith Lee about, whether whether the booker should have changed the finish mid-match because it was so clear that everybody wanted the acclaim to win and that which is sort yeah. of an insulting thing to add <laughs> to, yeah. yeah do you feel like you screwed up <laughs> yeah i feel like you're maybe not as good at wrestling as your opponents yeah um, yeah so you know i had a when you first when you first pitched the idea oh let's talk about our favorite matches we watch this year i had a hard time kind of thinking about because so much of what's on week to week is just so terrible um and uh, that was kind of like all I could think of at first is how terrible everything is. Yeah. Um, but then I went back and looked at the cards for those AEW pay-per-views and the Ring of Honor pay-per-views and the WWE ones. Um, I even liked, I'll, I'll throw this out there, I even liked the Iron Survivor Challenge matches from uh, yeah. the, last, the last NXT pay-per-view. The yeah, deadline. those were good. Yeah, the yeah. deadline, uh, those matches were good. I liked them a lot more than I expected to. Yeah. Um, damn it, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> damn it again. You did something Shawn else Michaels, that I like. Like, stop making me respect you. I just want to hate you. Damn it. Um. Yeah. Did you pick any um worst matches that we watched this year? Like, not this year, this year, but in the course of the podcast. All of those. I mean, I just want to lump them all together. Like the Playboy Diva Pillow Fight matches. Those. Those. Those are god awful. All of them yeah all of them that's what i wrote down i've heard anything involving evening gowns or playboy pillow fights or bikinis or the the miller light girls on mattress like Jesus. with coachman and stacy keebler they're all awful they're <laughs> they brought down their shows they brought yeah. them down i also wrote down any triple threat fatal four-way or non-survivor series match involving more than four participants i, I ain't got time for it yeah, with the exception of the war games from uh, ninety one, maybe. And even when you look at a war games match on paper, and you look at the rules and how it works, you're like, God damn it, this is going to be this. How is this good? And it's like the same feeling with those um, with those uh, uh, survivor challenge matches that they did on NXT, and then yeah. they are they're fucking good. Damn it, I don't. Like, like, how did Dusty Rhodes see that the war game matches were actually going to be good? How did that happen? Like, how did he luck out? Like, trust me, the fans are going to be okay if two guys fight inside a double cage for five minutes before anyone else gets in. Yeah. It's like, no, because every two minutes, it's like a hot tag. It yeah. blows your mind. 
it and like the crowd just gets excited and blows up and it's the same thing that was happening in those survivor challenges people were getting excited whenever they would come out of the penalty box and then when there would be two guys in that penalty box they would fight each other that was incredible i was like okay two guys are going to be in there they better fight they're fighting oh this is beautiful you know <laughs> yeah it was great no and you know the, and the that's a good point about the war games is that first that initial five minutes is actually kind of smart because that's like the time in a tag match where you would like get the heat on one of the guys, right? right. And kind of build up the, the anticipation for the hot tag to come. So smart. So while we're sitting here talking about best gimmick matches, we're, we might as well talk about we're done with the uh, worst. Yeah. I also wrote down anything involving triple H. Oh yeah. Fuck the guy. Oh, uh, God. Like zero charisma in the ring. It feels like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gimmick matches. Hit me. Yeah. Let's talk. So, uh, the first best gimmick match that we watched in this, I'm going to say was the Andre, the giant versus big John stud body slam challenge from WrestleMania one. That was enjoyable and fun, uh, and worked really well. I thought, I thought that was good. Yeah. And the finish of having him throw the money out of the bag. Yeah. And Bobby Heenan freaking out. (laughs) It was really cool. Uh, I also had a WrestleMania one, Jake the Snake Roberts versus the model, Rick Martell in the blindfold match from WrestleMania 7. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun where you, the crowd sort of ends up helping them play hot and cold so yep. they can find each other. Yeah, and I also mentioned the uh, the 1992 Royal Rumble match itself earlier. That That is one of the best, if not the best, Royal Rumble match there is in WWF history, in my opinion. And then Ric Flair going end to end with it. And through the entire thing on the commentary of Bobby Heenan having a baby over like, oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe I can't believe my guy got number two. He's so screwed. And like he's he's just like, where's where's Flair? How's he doing? How's he doing? Where's Flair? Like through the whole match, he's like he's like a nervous dad, you know, and it's and then the payoff on the end where like. You know, Flair wins because Hogan and uh, uh, Vicious are are bickering with each other. It's it's great, and it's the only thing that makes me sad is that Flair doesn't get the big celebration inside the ring with the belt after winning that Royal mm-hmm. Rumble. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic Rumble. I, I agree, probably probably the best one they ever did. Let's see, here's one from left field. I had Little Mister T and Cowboy Lang versus Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo. It's a little person's. Uh, yeah. Egg match from Wrestle Rock '86, uh, and we kind of we talked about it on the show, like sort of, like yeah, it's a, it's a gimmick because it's like little, you know, little people wrestling, but like those guys fucking go at it, and like it, everything works, everything's very uh, smooth. Like there's some impressive spots. Uh, it, I don't know, I enjoyed that one. I actually didn't put that under here. I actually listed that as one of my favorite tag matches. <laughs> it's, nice. it's one of the best tag wrestling matches it's that good. we watched this in the course of this uh, podcast, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's good. And then the only other best gimmick match that I mentioned, because most of the other ones were eh, okay. Um, is uh Tully Blanchard versus Magnum uh, TA in the cage with the, I quit, mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing where like, um, Tully's holding the microphone for Magnum TA to say he quits. And when he says no, he just starts pounding him with the microphone and you get that sound of his head pinging off the microphone, echoing through the arena. Amazing. And there's, they bleed within 30 seconds of the match. Uh, people are hitting the cage chairs are showing up suddenly inside the cage and stuff like that. And like, 
it's beautiful. It's, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great gimmick. It has great visuals. It has great audio because of the mic. There's a live microphone right in the ring. Uh, you get, you get a lot of great storytelling in that match too. So even though it is a gimmick, it is just a great match too. I didn't put it on my favorite gimmicks, but I did put it on my bloodiest matches list. Um, yeah, it is the bloodiest match. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of other gimmicks that I actually kind of enjoyed, and they're all from late WrestleManias. Mm. Um, so Akebono versus the Big Show in the sumo match from WrestleMania yep. 21, I thought was actually done fairly well. Um, this is a random one. JBL versus Finlay with Hornswoggle in the Belfast Brawl from WrestleMania 24. And what I learned from that one is you don't want to piss off Finley because that guy will just beat the fuck out of you for real. Um, you should listen to Stone Cold's interview of William Regal. William Regal talks quite a bit about how much Finley was a shooter in English wrestling. Oh, yeah. He would just beat the crap out of people. You and can tell he's like a legit tough guy. And he just loves like, doing it. So yeah, Floyd Money Mayweather versus The Big Show in a no yeah. DQ match in WrestleMania 24 was also just an amazing spectacle. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather's like posse is uh, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Like just man, hamming it up. Everything about that match is, is a yeah. good time. Uh, and then the last one is the Chris Jericho versus Jimmy Snuka, Ricky Steamboat and Roddy Piper with Ric Flair mm-hmm. handicap elimination match from WrestleMania 25. Um, if you remember the premise there was that Chris Jericho was insulting all the old guys, telling them he could whoop them all. He would take them all on. Um, and, you know, some of the, you know, Roddy Piper does okay. Jimmy Snuka doesn't do a whole lot. But the main takeaway from that one was find out that Ricky Steamboat could still fucking go. Yeah. Oh, my God. He had, <laughs> like, he had wheels. He could he could do it. He, he'd, like, skin the cat from the inside of the ring. Like, and he mm-hmm. threw himself over the top rope to Amazing. the outside on top of Jericho. Like, dude, you're going to break a hip, like, Take it easy, man. <laughs> but uh, that was that was a stupendous uh, match, and it was probably probably one of my uh, honorable mentions. But yeah, that Tully well, versus Magnum match was. Uh, we like we like anything involving Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, we'll take anything Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> well, since you mentioned the the that cage, uh, you want to hit the bloodiest matches? Did you make any list any? Uh... That, that one is the one that really sticks out besides like the war games match, the yeah. war game where like there's actually blood stains on the cage <laughs> <laughs> and uh, every single match on, uh, on um, Starcade 85 to gathering also <laughs> yeah. was had blood. I think everybody bled except for like Crusher Khrushchev and Sam Houston. I don't think there was blood in that, but then after that hepatitis for everybody. <laughs> I actually wrote down three from that. Uh, from that same event, the Manny Fernandez versus Abdullah the Butcher. God, there's in, so much blood in the Mexican death match. That one made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Ron Bass versus Black Bart in a Texas bull rope match. It's super bloody. And, and yeah, and then Tully and Magnum. Um, and then the only other one I wrote down is a current one. That was the FTR versus Briscoe's double dog collar match mm-hmm. yeah. from the Ring of Honor final battle just a week or two ago. Um, yeah. But maybe one that one maybe bordered on too much blood. Uh, yeah, I love that match with Manny Fernandez and Abdullah the Butcher, and it's funny that I've been listening to old Stone Cold uh, interviews where he's talking to wrestlers, and um, he was recently interviewing Vampiro, uh, and Vampiro talks about how much influence uh, Abdullah called Abby apparently by everybody in the business. Abdullah the butcher is influential on like so many people that like, Mm. 
a lot of wrestlers go to him, like newer wrestlers, like of Vampiro's generation and Stone Cold's generation would go to Abdullah the Butcher for advice. And like, he would guide them through things and like how to handle their careers and stuff like that. I thought that was fascinating to hear that. Like, and like Stone Cold even starts talking about, yeah, I talk to Abby all the time and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? Okay. I did not, I did not have Abdullah the Butcher up there in my list of like great wrestling minds, you know, but apparently he is. And I mean, makes sense. He's like one of the most violent, yeah. wrestlers and not in the greatest shape, but he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, somebody who put the reps in, right? Uh, yeah. So somebody that knew how to like, you know, make a fork look absolutely deadly. And like Vampiro was talking about like how Abdullah would position the fork in his tights just right so that the crowd could see it, but the ref wouldn't see it. And the crowd could tell that the ref couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And so that it was like, all these like mind tactics that Abdullah the butcher would use that you, that doesn't really translate well on TV, but for live crowds worked incredibly well. And that was like the thing that like Abdullah the butcher apparently specializes in doing. And that's just, I, I just, I didn't have him on my bingo card. That's, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, maybe we should uh, look and see if there's like a Abby uh, compilation tape out there or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Just get sick from watching so many people bleed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did you make any other lists? I made a most WTF moment one, sort of like just kind of random oddball moments, uh, including the dramatic interludes uh, with Sting in the White Castle of Fear. (laughs) He's like in a helicopter and he's in a tracksuit and he's like, what's going on? Yeah, every one one of them, it's only like six seconds long and he's just like where am i <laughs> why am i here what is this like it, this, and then like there's a lady in a bikini and it's snowing and like yeah and then there's then there's vader and his like weird elephant robot mask thing with the glowing eyes and the steam and then harley race dressed like colonel sanders laughing like what the it's, fuck fever dream is this <laughs> it's, it's pure nightmare fuel um, <laughs> that's where i have like like eight and a half uh, old fashions and then try to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, I made a list of my favorite promo promos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't so, do that one, but go ahead. Uh, one, I loved Ricky steamboat and his chubby baby, chubby, baby, chubby, baby, his little baby, his little baby. And like, I'm fighting for my family, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, WrestleMania eight, Mr. Perfect. Shut up, Mooney. Um, yeah. Apparently. So like I've been watching more from that era and we even get, we have other wrestlers also telling Mooney to shut up, um, including um, we both just watched a uh, spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about this Tuesday in Texas uh, soon on an episode. And um, in that macho man tells Mooney to shut up at one point. Uh, so that was, that's always, always appreciative. So you see uh, Mooney being told to shut up all the time. And then probably my favorite one that we watched uh, was Ric Flair after winning the 92 Royal Rumble, where he talks about that. Like he's now where he's the best champion. Now he's got the real championship belt, like total shots at WCW and Jim Crockett promotions. Like, for firing him and kicking him out. And then he's come over and he's won the real world championship. And he's the real, he's the real man. And he lands the, you want to be the man. You got to 
beat the man Woo! and then walks away like it's yeah. and he's got blood running down his face like <laughs> it's everything uh it's probably one of my favorite rick flair moments uh, ever and it's probably the my favorite uh promo that we've watched in in the course of doing this podcast yeah no that's a that's a solid one um yeah i didn't make a list um this tuesday in texas though which maybe will be our first episode of 2023 has like I don't know, five or six all-time greats, like in the space of an hour and a half special. So hang in for that one. That's a, that's a really solid one. So um, let's see who else, what else do we do here? I think that's, that's about it in terms of the wrestling. Yeah. Um, just, oh, there was one more promo that just came oh, yeah, to mind. Sorry. Go ahead. And that was the, what was that? The end of um, the end of the one, uh, was it maybe the end of full gear? where suddenly the lights go out and then the uh, the voicemail of MJF <laughs> playing yeah, with uh, Tony Khan saying, we'll pay you whatever you want. Please come back. And then uh, uh, tape and then his music hits. And I was like, mm, good. That's real good. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That was a lot of fun. So MJF and uh, I made a list of sort of my favorite performers, you know, that I've seen in the course of this year and MJF uh, and FTR both uh, made my list from sort of the current crop of AEW. Yeah. Uh, I put the acclaimed on there as well. They're a lot of fun to watch and it's been fun to kind of see their, just their own almost like self-created push. Like they just did it through, I don't know, just sheer force of personality maybe. Yeah. They, they, they are uh, homebrew. They got themselves over with a, catchphrases and pop culture references and the rapping like at first the rapping was like oh this is a tired and old hat but then the raps were pretty good and then people got into them and that that hooked people in real quick when you make good jokes do you have a favorite uh, episode that we recorded this year i really enjoyed putting together the montreal screw job 97 survivor series episode just because one it's a huge moment in professional wrestling it's one of my favorite moments in all the professional wrestling involving my favorite performer from professional wrestling. And there's just so many like twists and things that you can bury your head in and obsess on that. It satisfies that, that like research bug in my head that like I can look into this. There's, there's documentary, there's, there's outside footage, of things happening and then there's backstory and there's in ring story there's out of ring story you can't tell what's real and what's fake it's i think and then putting all that together and getting to talk about it for as long as we did was uh a lot of fun and very enjoyable yeah that was a good one i enjoyed that too um and that that show ended up being a lot more fun than i remembered to watch so that was that was pretty cool uh, i think maybe one of my favorites was the demolition profile uh, mm. and it was just sort of fortunate timing and we just happened to meet those guys and they were like super cool uh and then but then i really sort of enjoyed doing the research i uh, felt you know i was back in grad school again kind of combing through a bunch of different stories and reading all about um Mr. Darso and Mr. Edie uh, talking about how they got to where they were as, you know, maybe one of the greatest tag teams of all time in WWF and sort of where their careers were before and then after that. Um, so that one was very cool. And we should also just make the plug that we usually do, which is that Demolition belong in the Hall of Fame and the fact that they're not in there is a crime. Class of 2023 or bust, damn it. Put them in. Get them Put in there. them in. 
just get the fuck over it. I mean, maybe now that Triple H is calling the shots and not Vince. So maybe, maybe that'll be the difference. Uh, maybe, you know, demolition and sue Triple H. So yeah, maybe they were know. being shunned before they sued. So, you know, yeah. if, even if you got to put in Billy Eady and, and Barry Darso separate as two separate performers, that yeah, both of them have the credentials to be in there. Uh, solo, so do it. Masked superstar for uh, eighty, and uh, put him as Repo Man. <laughs> put the Repo Man in there, or Crusher Khrushchev. Crusher Khrushchev, yeah. You know, and just, just fucking do it. Just, just fucking put demolition in. Get over it. No, no. He will destroy you. Yeah. Just fucking. They hell. should go in for their theme music alone. I know. So, all right. Our um, shout out to our best favorite guest host our only guest host but that's okay um she's still our favorite dr jess krennic that's at wrestle academic on twitter she's on the episodes for wrestlemania 25 and royal rumble 96 uh, she was a lot of fun brought some uh, much needed academic knowledge and non-dudeness to the show so we appreciate her and uh shout out to the best fan of 2022 that would be nick uh nick found us on uh, facebook and he is a big fan of the show. He enjoys listening, sending us show requests. So some of the stuff that we did this year, including the Smack 'em Whack 'em tape, the Royal Rumble. Uh, did he pick the Royal Rumble at the or the? He picked another one that we did uh, not too long ago. Yeah. Um, I think this Tuesday in Texas was one of uh, yep. Nick's requests. Uh, uh, so, WrestleMania seven and eight yeah, were also requested eight, by yeah. him. So. Thank yeah. you, Nick. Uh, we appreciate all your feedback and your comments and chatting us up. It's great. Uh, we love fan interaction. Yeah. So I just I should hit those again just in case. It's at res, at WrestleMania Pod on Twitter. Uh, all the WrestleManias at gmail.com. All the WrestleManias.com, of course. All your favorite podcast apps uh, and uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikToks. Probably some new things. Friendster. Are we on Friendster? Uh, no, but we're probably going to have to get on Mastodon. I think that's the new thing that's coming out, right? Yeah, that's the new Twitter's dying. I might as yeah. well make the switch. Yeah. So, well, before we wrap though, yeah, and we do our in memoriam, I just want to say thank you, Tim, for being willing to do this with me. This podcast has been, um, I don't want to go as far as saying a lifesaver, but something very helpful for me to focus a lot of my creative energies and stuff like that. So as I mentioned on the show before and in my bio and website, I was a music performance major in college and I've always had a creative bug and not necessarily the proper outlets for it. And I also have a performance bug and that that definitely doesn't get itched much anymore, especially as it seems that my trumpet playing days are, are in twilight right now and that's okay. But having an outlet for me to be able to compose music, do shitty graphic design. You do excellent graphic design. Don't, to push don't. out uh, weird commentary and to give me also that that itch to do research and stuff like that. Like this has become like a perfect storm uh, for me and has helped me a great deal, especially coming out of the pandemic and becoming an, uh, a dad, uh, giving me extra something else to focus on to remind me that I'm still a full person and to that I have likes and things that I enjoy. And that includes wrestling, writing music, playing music, and doing weird graphic design stuff. Um, 
So well, I yeah. appreciate uh, your patience and, and willingness to do this with me. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Um, and I'm glad it's been so helpful for you. I appreciate all the work that you do on the uh, editing side. Like, so at this point, my job is, is um, much more demanding than it was when we started. Um, so I don't get quite to do quite as much of the show as, uh, as I would like. Um, so, you know, obviously I'm watching the programs, I'm taking notes, I'm doing the recording here with rich um, but he's doing almost everything else including most of our social media presence the website uh, posting the new episodes doing all the editing writing and recording the music uh, doing the, the graphic designs and, and constantly experimenting with ways to get the um, the show out there where folks might see it and, and find it and I think you know we're not uh, whatever we're not Jim Cornette but we've had some pretty good success at uh, kind of finding some little pockets of listeners, which I think is, is due in large part to the work that uh, you've done. So I appreciate all that. So um, we'll talk just uh, in a second about what's ahead for 2023. But uh, as we always do, we like to take a moment to pay tribute to the men and women that are no longer with us. Now we're not going to run down all of the in memoriams for all of the shows that we watched this year because we'd be here for another 20 minutes. Um, but some of the, the talents that we lost in 2022, and there were some big ones, so I just want to mention them by name. Of course, uh, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall has to be at the top of our list. Referee Dave Hebner. Referee Tim White, one of the great Japanese wrestlers, promoters, uh, just brilliant wrestling businessmen of all time, Antonio Inoki, and Gene LaBelle, who's a, a legit shooter, judo guy, just one of those guys who was around the business for a long, long time. We lost all of those folks in 2022. All right. So what's ahead for 2023? Um, I have a couple of, of notes. I hope we can get Dr. Jess back on the show, of course. Um, I'd like to experiment with some more guests on the show. We'll get the Turtle War guys over here. Um, I'm, you know, I've, I've met quite a few folks down here in Norfolk who uh, have been wrestling fans way back and have seen some just, you know, absolute uh, stars, you know, Flair and uh, Wahoo McDaniel and all the, you know, all the old guys. So I'd love to maybe find some of those folks to come and chat with us about some of their wrestling memories. I think that'd be really cool. And, uh, we're obviously going to be working our way through more WrestleManias. So we finished nine in sequence this year, plus three old ones that we backtracked to catch. So we'll kind of keep chugging away at those. We've been trying to get one WrestleMania a month, I think. Right. Yeah. Here or there. Once we, once we cut back from uh, weekly to bi-weekly. That's kind of a, yeah, that's kind of, uh, slowed down the WrestleMania March and made it more like once a month, but like every fourth show we you're trying to do a WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, so we're also going to be, we just, we've talked a couple times now already this Tuesday in Texas will probably be the one that will kick off the new year for us. Uh, there's still another episode of classical music's influence on professional wrestling. That one's a little darker. It'll probably come out at some point when I'm either too busy with my job or Tim is too busy with his job because uh, we're coming into my busy season here <laughs> of the legislative session in Maryland where basically uh, life stops so that for 90 days politicians can do their stuff. Yeah. Well, so so we should get through, yeah, then we should get through at least six WrestleMania. So that'll get us to 31, and then that'll give us an opportunity to do another retrospective. So we did 11 to 
20 so we can do 21 to 30 um this year as well probably yeah and we will hopefully maybe i would like to do wrestlemania 3 with the turtle wars guys hopefully this is this is your formal invite to watch (laughs) wrestlemania 3 and contact him to when you want to record and we will watch wrestlemania 3 and we can all sit down and talk about it and talk about how ricky steamboat macho man steal the show (laughs) and hulk hogan gaslights us some more Maybe I can uh, talk Jackie into letting the guys come over here. We can just watch it here. Maybe we could zoom you in while we're watching. We'd all kind of watch together. It might be fun. Yeah. And, you know, there was an idea that when I was been kicking around in my head where I haven't talked to you about this yet, but thinking about maybe when we record, we broadcast it live on Twitch, maybe. Ooh. See if we can make that work. Um, does that does that give us money? Do people pay us to uh, do that? Potentially. <laughs> okay. Sure. I like money. Yeah, money's um, good. Yeah. The only other thing that I put down is I'd like to dig some more into some of our favorites and some of the uh, you know, performers and some of the performers we maybe don't know as well. I think, you know, this year I saw maybe more Road Warriors than I had seen before. Barry Windham, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson. I'd like to maybe even go back a little bit farther, see if there's some stuff out there from like the late 70s, early 80s, uh, sort of pre like major rise of wwf um, yeah there's some looks... old wccw shows from texas with devon erics oh, shit. that i would like to that are on sitting on peacock buried that i wouldn't mind uh poking into there's a whole lot of uh wwf old school i don't know if you've dug through that there's some oh. incredible stuff in there that would be great to watch it's all like there's like hardly any metadata attached to them but i watched one of them that like had tons of stuff on it like um, it had a junkyard dog versus Greg the hammer Valentine match in there. Um, yeah. So right. I think, I think that would be something to dig into. And they're just like listed by this is the, it was the January 25th show from the Boston garden. Like, Oh, okay. And you turn it on and there's this amazing card, you know? Uh, so I think yeah. those, those would be fun to dig into possibly. Well, we're librarians so we can, uh, we can find some more information about the the shows, I'm sure, if there's not, not enough metadata out there. Yeah, I'm sure someone on Reddit's actually probably pieced it all together because that's what people on Reddit do. Um, <laughs> so, Thank you, Reddit people. Yeah. All right. I think we're ready to, to wrap up 2022 and uh, for old acquaintance, should old acquaintance be forgotten, all that stuff. Um, so we, uh, again, thanks very much for listening, everybody. I'm your co-host, Tim. And I'm Rich. And we will see you in 20 and 23.